Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy who longs for times of old. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a person in long-term sobriety. Billy's not here this week. He's at another convention. He's a convention-going dude, uh, which is weird because we talked about conventions on an episode, and he doesn't even like them that much. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised he was at another one this weekend. Yeah, that's like three in like two months. Wow. Or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it's only two in like three months. <laughs> Either way, there's more some than I'm going to. Right. There's a, yeah, I didn't. Go. I tell you what, though, my Facebook feed is just convention people. Like, that's all I saw this morning. Oh, wow. I saw a few posts, but. Oh, my God. I've never been to a convention. I feel like I'm lacking. Well, now you need to go. Now you need that experience. Didn't you listen to the episode? It said I go did. to a convention and have that experience for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Would you go to an AA convention or an NA convention? Um,. I'd probably go to like a Buddhist recovery convention, given the choice. Have that? They do. So Refuge has one, and Recovery Dharma has one. Just one. What well, an annual one. Just I've one. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> they each have their own. Um, Just one though. Yeah. Why? Wow. What you, is? Oh, I guess does AANA have them like multiple times a year? I mean, there's a a world convention that's every two or three years or something but then oh. did you i thought you listened to the i did i did so i don't have my notes in front of me the areas and the regions all have uh-huh. them like in maryland there is probably i don't know six conventions a year in that maryland. seems excessive it maybe but everybody goes i mean everybody loves it so yeah no matter how much i say it's not good doesn't matter i don't know i mean is this judgy but it's like there's other things to do like you know besides conventions <laughs> well i think it's the the nostalgia <gasps> oh nice segue right like mm-hmm. they're like oh remember when i first got here and got in recovery and i went to this convention and it was so energetic and enthusiastic and then you run into all these people you've known that remind mm-hmm. you of old times when you used to you know just got here and all that good stuff used to just got here yeah used to just got here uh, yeah that sounded right to me Forgive me for my words today. <laughs> I had the good old COVID booster on Friday and it's, yeah. <laughs> All right. So nostalgia. We're going to talk about nostalgia because, you know, I when, when the topic of nostalgia is brought up, I think of all those times early on in recovery and, and not so early on in recovery when I glorify uh, the times when I used to use, like, and, and I don't know necessarily that that specifically is nostalgia but that's kind of how i thought of it like this longing for this past time that was better than what it is today um why did you want to talk about nostalgia? well that's what i thought of too like you know thinking back to the you know the good old days drinking in high school with your friends and it was fun and everybody was uh you know like good to each other and we're always having adventures and nothing yeah. bad happened and like nothing so yeah, that kind of nostalgia, you know, and like, so then, you know, 20 years later, you're, you're in your thirties, you know, you're not paying your bills and you look like shit and, you know, you get, you always have a hangover, but you're like, oh, but you know, we, we used to party and it was great. Yeah. Somehow in nostalgia, that's what I, I, I thought of was like that 30 year old version of like being homeless and stuff doesn't exist it's just mm-hmm. like i only remember that one sunny day when i had enough money for drugs and i didn't worry about any of the other parts i wasn't sick i wasn't ill nobody burnt me like it was that one beautiful day yeah yeah so um you know when i was in rehab too they brought up like it you know it took me going to rehab to realize this but you're never going to get those days back like they're they that was then it's never going to happen again and right. um 
you know, I was an alcoholic. We started drinking in high school. And I think a lot of the alcoholics I met in AA, we all started like 13, 14, 15. And yeah, yeah you don't have bills, responsibilities. And the world hasn't um, kind of shit on you yet. Like, I mean, it was it was starting to shit on you, whatever parental stuff was happening. But then when you're on your own in your 20s, and then you're really on your own in your 30s, and you're thinking back to those days when you were a kid, you know, whether you were drinking or not, you know, it's it's never going to be that way again. And, you know, if nobody teaches you that it doesn't last forever, here I am in rehab, like a 30, how old was I? 37-year-old kid. Like, yeah, those days are gone, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always think about that. Like, so I guess maybe it's not nostalgia. Maybe it's more like euphoric recall that mm-hmm. tends to happen to people like me where we just remember the good times of a certain situation yeah. but I, I, you know you saying that right now makes me think of like this idea that we always they say we chase that first high mm-hmm. right like that first hit and i even that in my version of nostalgia it's like even if i was always trying to get that original that original high even that wasn't good like it's it's a faulty memory of that first high yeah. like the first time i i did some kind of opiate i i think i smoked a Newport, I drank a cherry Coke, and then I threw up a couple times in a trash can. Like, <laughs> But I'm like glorifying this experience. Like, oh, those were the good days. Back when I just took a couple Tylocks on a Friday night. Like, wh- what was so good about that? I sat in a room and puked. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the first time I tried marijuana. Yeah. You puked on marijuana? I did. Oh my. Yeah. I should have known then. <laughs> <laughs> but drinking was really my thing. And actually, it was all happy. It was all like the early drinking days, it was all, you know, what it was like to start drinking, you know? Was it, though? You know, it's all like flirting with guys and laughing and, you know, doing silly things. And I, and I think that's the nostalgia that we're going to get into today, mm-hmm. right? That's like this overarching feeling that we've connected with it, even though I don't know that that's exactly what was going on, right? It's almost like True. if you could see the meme of like, this is what it felt like uh-huh. versus this is what happened. It might have been like sloshy Jenny tripping all over herself. <laughs> Like, Most definitely. <laughs> might have been pretty pretty yeah. not so attractive as you think it was. Yeah. I wish we could just, and maybe that's where the world's going to, where we have all these, you know, videos and, and oh, Big Brother watching. Maybe cure. we'll be able to look back and watch for real what happened yeah. and be like, oh, maybe that wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> Do you use this in your work, the, the saying, feelings more than facts? No. Okay. I heard that in, I don't know, I think maybe like a parenting book or like, you know. Uh, but it's feelings more than facts. And so nostalgia, you know, hanging on to the feelings more so than the facts. Is the suggestion that we should have feelings more than no, facts? No, I, I oh. think it's the lesson is, is the human brain hangs on to feelings more so than mm. facts. So when it comes, to, I think I read it in the parenting context, you know, it was like, um, your kid doesn't need to go to Disney World to have the time of their life. It's the feeling, you know, um, if you can... You know, the, f- the fact that you're not at Disney World doesn't mean they won't have the feeling of the time of their life. Yeah. Does that so make sense? I guess in that context, I kind of do believe in it. Like, you, it's not – your kid's not going to remember whether you let them go bowling on Friday night or not or whether you took them to Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday or not. Like, the, what they're going to remember as they go into adulthood is did they feel loved and valued and hurt? Okay. Like that's more what they're going to latch on to. It's not really the little decisions of whether they can go somewhere or whether you punish them. Like none of that's really going to linger. Yeah. Unless you punish them like with abuse because that's. They, they will they'll, remember that. Yeah, they'll yeah. remember that. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah, that doesn't feel like loved <laughs> yeah. or cared about or, <laughs> or heard or validated. Yeah. So, so I was thinking about that expression, feelings more than facts in the nostalgia context. You know, you're going to remember you want to hang on to the feelings, maybe the facts, you know, you're not going to have Jenny speaking Elvish drunk in a field, you know, like I'm not right. going to remember that fact. I remember, Oh, I'm so funny. You know, you spoke Elvish. <laughs> That's what they used to say. Boy, I had some great friends. Right. But no, that was one of the jokes. Like, Oh, Jenny speaking Elvish. She must be wasted. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. I feel like that's the, the facts and feelings thing is something I've heard. Like, I want to say AA old timers say facts over feelings, right? Like you just got to live in the facts over the feelings. Who cares if you feel like drinking? (laughs) Fact is you can't, asshole. Like some of them hardcore guys used to say some shit like that. Like I don't think I'm going to go with their advice. (laughs) I remember somebody saying like, well, that's the problem. I've been living in my feelings and 
you know, judging myself by my intentions, even though all my actions sucked. And now I got to live in the facts and judge myself by my actions. And it doesn't matter what my intentions are because nobody sees them anyway. And it's just interesting. I, I mean, mm. to some extent, it's not that it's terrible information, but the delivery is definitely a yeah. skew for me because like your feelings are very valid. They mean well. They're doing the best they can. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. So anyway, nostalgia. <laughs> Uh, defined as a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. And that's interesting that it says typically for a period or place with happy personal associations, because when you think of like nostalgia for the early days of using, why was that such a happy personal association? And I would argue that it's because I don't technically believe so much in this idea of the disease of addiction i believe in addiction or, or drug use as a cure for the problem we're having or a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism and it has a happy personal association that we long for because it was relieving from that original problem right whatever that original thing was anxiety depression uh some unquantifi unquantifiable like misery or displeasure with life this dis-ease with life that we felt internally well when we used we were free of that and it felt good mm -hmm. <laughs> like i didn't need a whole lot of descriptive words it was like oh this feels nice right this is this is serenity that i've always been searching for and so yeah it's gonna have a happy personal association and if i get in recovery and don't ever address those ways that i felt before i used that I was trying to alleviate, I'm going to feel them again. And that time when I had the relief is going to seem like a better time, no matter what the consequences were. What well, was suggested to me in recovery to um, think about the person I was before I started drinking. So you have to go back in the little timeline you just had, go back even further. What was I into as a kid? So, you know, like, basically having nostalgia for the person I was before drinking and before the stuff happened to me that made me want to drink to excess. So go back to like little kid Jenny, uh, you know, who was like, you know, into like art and, you know, movies and, you know, and little adventures in the woods and stuff, you know, like what lit my fire as a kid. So having like nostalgia for that helps me in recovery to bring me back to the person I am at the core. So that's like kind that's of hard though for a lot of people. You think it's hard? I think so for a lot of people because going back there is stuff they've kind of like blocked off or, 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 you know, locked away inside of them because it was associated with some shit that they couldn't tolerate. Like that's kind of like that trauma idea that we separate from that early experience because of how awful it felt. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the suggestion is to go back to before the shit happened, you know, before, you know, your father abandoned you before, um, you know, you felt rejected by society and stuff. So, and, and I'm not saying that's a terrible mm -hmm. idea. I just don't know that without some sort of helpful professional that that's a yeah. thing, right? Because if that was for, and then things got bad or, or we remember how things turned bad at seven, I think we just kind of block all that out. I don't know that we can go... Mm -hmm. pull out certain pieces of it without opening up the box of all of it well i guess you know i, I guess some people can some people can't i'm not even saying i'm doing it perfectly but right. um but yeah i mean always a professional hand would would be nice <laughs> <laughs> so another another thought was the simplest definition of nostalgia is people's reflection on their cherished memories which doesn't sound that much different from the first one simplest definition i don't know anyway uh, so interestingly, nostalgia comes from a medical disease, which is where it originally I didn't was. Know that. Yeah. So in its earliest days, uh, it was seen primarily as homesickness, which was a diagnosable medical condition. Um, it was coined by a Swiss medical student, Johannes Hofer, in his 19, I'm sorry, not 19, 1688 <laughs> dissertation. And he was describing the anxieties of soldiers that were fighting away from home. So he combined the Greek word for homecoming, nostos, with the word for pain, algos. 
So yeah, nostalgia comes from these soldiers that were wanted to go home and weren't, didn't want to fight anymore. They were thinking about these times of being at home when it was pleasurable and happy. That's fascinating. Yeah, because back then there wasn't like phones. You couldn't travel quickly. Yeah. Um, probably, so, so probably didn't have a post office. So in this, does wow, if that's the original definition, like in this day and age, are we going to have nostalgia anymore? I mean, is that going away? I don't There's think There's more it to is. it. Sorry. Yeah, that was very simple. Well, it's, I, I don't think like those people might've been coming from really shitty home lives, but mm-hmm. it was just the idea that like, oh, that seemed better than this. And, and I think, so this is kind of my argument about okay. nostalgia. It's not so much that anything from the past was all that great. It's that we are trying to find a way to keep existing in a life that doesn't feel worth existing in presently. So it's not so much that any of my past is so wonderful. It's just that now feels really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for any reason to continue. Like the body wants to stay alive, right? It wants to keep thriving. So it's giving me these past pleasurable experiences that say, oh, it used to be good. It can be again. Mm-hmm. Just keep just keep trying. So I, I think so- it has less to do with the past being great and more to do with the present being shit. Okay. So it's like nostalgia like a drug. You're taking it to survive. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nostalgia is a drug. But you think that's a bad thing? It's not like a... I mean, I guess it's good that it keeps people alive, but I feel like for people who It's a tool that doesn't kill you. ...as a saving grace, uh, that leads us to maybe go back to them. Because that's frequently where we found the relief. Right. You wouldn't want to romanticize old drug memories. But I feel like that's what we're going to do because mm-hmm. that's the well, experience can- we had where it felt mm-hmm. better. <laughs> well, can we go back further? But, you know, like before the drugs? And you're saying that's not possible. I don't think it is because okay. I think we used the drugs because there was no ability to feel better. I feel like our, our experience felt overall on the whole like a two on a scale of one to 10. And we were like, this is just not survivable. And so we're like, I gotta feel better. What does it take? And then drugs were like an eight or a nine or a 10 mm-hmm. or 11. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, this is good. This is the best it's ever been for sure. We need more of this. Hmm. Well, I think it worked for me. I mean, at least when I took the suggestion in rehab to go back to the person I was before all this stuff started happening. And I, you know, I think our addiction stories are different, you know, like, so you know, it helped going back there, but maybe I'm in denial about some stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's outside the scope of this show, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I see nostalgia as a tool though. Like I see it as like a, just um, when you're feeling like crap, like mm, tap into that warm, fuzzy feeling and maybe get through the day. Like I'm not saying live there. I'm just saying it's okay to think about, you know, Christmas in 1985 if it makes you feel better. All right. Now back to the present. Let's go. 1985. I might have got that Nintendo Entertainment System. (laughs) I definitely did not get the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1985, but some people did. (laughs) I think I got a pink 10-speed, pink and gray, and it was awesome. In 1985? Mm -hmm, Because I was in fifth grade. No idea. I might have got like the the He-Man Skeletor Castle of Doom or whatever the hell it was called. (laughs) It had a little snake coming out the top, and you could... I got a He-Man toothbrush one time, and I still remember the little... Like saying that it said when you press the button. I That's ridiculous. Saying, I still have it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, no. Hi, I'm He-Man. I'm strong as can be. There's a whole, I'm not going to do it all. Anyway, uh, so three components of nostalgia, according to, you know, so-called experts. There's a social component. Nostalgic memories typically involve family members, close friends, or romantic partners. There is a personal meaning. The memories might seem trivial to someone else, but because of the personal context, they're meaningful. And they occurred fairly far in the past. So we don't have nostalgia for things that just happened recently. Um, And then in a 2016 study using fMRI imaging to monitor participants' brain activity when they were exposed to nostalgia-inducing stimuli, when nostalgia is triggered, participants' brains showed activity in two powerful neural networks, the areas of the brain associated with memory and with the reward system. So it does reward you, and that's part of what goes on. Like, like there's dopamine this, hits out? Yeah. Yeah, this nostalgia rewards you when you think of it. But I say this is where the 
and, and maybe this is the difference, right? Like you self-proclaim to be less depressive and more anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe for you, nostalgia is like a nice little break from the anxiety. It's a trip down the past, right? I hate to sound all fluffy when I say that because anxiety can be really tough too, right? But like for a depressive person more such as myself, um, I can remember times, and this hasn't really happened recently as I've gotten some healing, but I do remember times of depression where the thought was like, oh man, remember them high school days or just after high school days when life was so good and this was happening, it was so wonderful, it'll never be that good again. Why am I keep doing this? Hmm. So that's like, it, it, it's, and, and I think that's part of depression is this belief that it can never, you'll never be happy again. And so like nostalgia for that just feels like the best days of your life are gone. Oh. And that's kind of, as if you weren't already depressed, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm thinking about like, I thought about, you know, with the show coming up, what, you know, what would the Buddha think about this, you know? And I wish I had, I wish I, wish I was in more touch with a teacher to ask. But I think the Buddha would not green light nostalgia. I think mm. he's very like, why don't you just deal with the present? You know, like, I think you're asking for suffering by going into the past. I think some Buddhist teacher out there, please yeah. co comment <clears throat> on social media and let me know. But at the same time, though, the Buddha also was not keen on acting because it's lies, yeah. you know, and acting is a healthy healing tool modern day. You know, we talked about this um, outside the show once. So w I think the Buddha would approve in healing trauma. You know, if nostalgia helped, you know. Does nostalgia help heal trauma? I well, you brought up, up a good point. So, you know, you're you're the more depressed type and a more anxious type, which I don't think I realized <laughs> until you mentioned that. But, yeah, <clears throat> I guess it depends on the individual. So, you, you know, I think it would work in my case to have like a little break from the day. But I see how it doesn't work in someone like you. I have also never found the ability to use nostalgia as a little break. Like to me, mm -hmm. nostalgia is like I get sucked right into this all consuming, wistful memory of a pleasurable experience. And I'm like, oh, I'm being sucked away and carried <laughs> over here to this place that felt great. Like, and, and that's a big escape from where I obviously, like, I, to me, I don't participate in nostalgia when I'm happy now. I don't need to. Right. I'm already here. I'm already mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is so nice right here. And it's those times when I'm not feeling that internal like safety and comfort that I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of my body and go somewhere else. How about the past? That sounds nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just I guess for me, nostalgia doesn't seem it seems like a disappearance from from good things mm -hmm. or from bad things here. So another another thing I came across uh Alan R. Hirsch says, because he's got a book called Nostalgia, a Neuropsychiatric Understanding. He said, nostalgia is not an emotional state, but rather a longing for a sanitized impression of the past. And I found that interesting. I like my sanitized impressions. <laughs> it says, rather than seeing the past for what it truly was, we recall it as a conglomeration of various memories, filtering negative ones out to integrate the positive ones, which creates nostalgia. Oh. Yeah. So it's like you were saying it's not true. Nostalgia yeah. is ambiguous and is often a flood of feelings that diverts us temporarily from the present and immerses us in the past. So I, I don't know. To me, like I read stuff like that and I'm like, how could that be positive? And yet mm -hmm. I've shared with you, interestingly, when I looked up like, oh, I was like, oh, nostalgia is terrible for people who have substance use histories, right? I'll just look up the bad parts of nostalgia. And everything that came up talked about positive shit. It was like, oh, we can use nostalgia to do this and that. And I'm like, I don't believe it. Because read that, nothing about that sounds positive to me. It doesn't, right? That's the angle. So I, I, I read something too, and it I liked how this author put it, sorry, I don't have her name handy, but it was, she said, nostalgia helps link you with your past mm. to give you like an idea of your traje trajectory in life. So like, here's where I was, here's where I'm at, and here's where I'm going. Mm. So it's kind of like an anchor for your storyline. And um, I thought that was a healthy and interesting way to look at it. But See, if you think about it as not true, that's, you know, the selective memory. Right. 
But, you know, you're free to write your story anytime, right? Yeah, but we're recreating. So, uh, and this is what I pictured when you just said that about mm -hmm. writing my story into the future using nostalgia. What I'm thinking is I remember this. Okay, Christmas is coming up, right? Oh, there's this Christmas tradition I used to do in my family that always felt good. Or at least I'm picturing that it always felt good mm -hmm. with my family. I'm not remembering that, like... My father caused an argument Christmas morning and like ruined the Christmas opening present experience by yelling and being miserable and giving us the silent treatment or nothing. I'm not remembering that. I'm just remembering like this sanitized impression of like, oh yeah, it was so fun. We had rolls and we buttered them and we ate breakfast and we opened the stockings, right? So now whenever my life doesn't look like that currently, when I can't recreate this perfect memory I have, which isn't real. Now I'm bitter. Mm. Oh, you fucking kids are ruining Christmas because you're not doing it perfectly like I used to have when I was little with all these Holy great shit, memories. Holy shit, you just turned into your dad. Right. <laughs> right. Because I'm trying to create something now mm. or in the future that didn't That's really ever exist. Because life isn't perfect. That's a great example. Like I'm sorry, that. it's a sad example. But that's a that's a perfect example. <laughs> it's yeah. not totally accurate. It might have been a little emphasized, maybe. Mm. It sounds similar to... <laughs> my christmases <laughs> well, yeah but yeah. i'm just saying like we we're trying to create something that never could have been possible mm -hmm. because we're humans and we have emotions and nothing was ever like this hallmark movie experience that i'm picturing it to be yeah but i'm trying to recreate this hallmark movie experience thinking it was real and now i'm just getting bitter at everybody around me for not being the right people to create that with ah uh, yeah so now i'm divorced and i don't see my kids because them fuckers in my family can't be what I thought my family was, which was definitely not what I thought my family was. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I think Christmas coming up is how nostalgia came up for me too. Cause thinking back to, um, Christmas is when I was drunk, like a, mm. you know, like Were drunk. They the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Oh my God. So if I, I used to, I worked in an office too, before I had kids and, um, just the, the amount of liquor I'd bring home for just me and my husband. Like, <laughs> it was like so much. Uh, terrible. Anyway, so I'm glad I'm not living that way anymore. Like, you'd have like Christmas, like, like alcohol poisoning, you know, like, oh, <laughs> terrible. Um, the only thing I remember about Christmas is that it was hard to cop. It's hard to what? It's hard to buy drugs. It's hard oh, to cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody wanted to be out mm -hmm. selling on Christmas. Hey, drug dealers have families too. They want right. off, you know? <laughs> That's bullshit. I was like, why is it so hard to cop today? And so I'd be like, oh, it's Christmas. I'd be like, oh. No, All the liquor okay. stores are getting new clients on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I, anyway, I was. I guess I was thinking, look, with the holidays coming up and how grateful I am, you know, to be like, wow, I'm present. I don't have to, you know, be hungover or sick, you know, for the holidays. And then, um, you know, all the things I can do for Christmas. One of the things was... Um, Christmas cards. You're talking about your Christmas, mm. and like, oh man, I loved getting mail, and you know, and, and to to get mail, you got to send mail. And I used to do, uh, no lie, when I first got sober, I did like 400 Christmas cards. Holy shit. Oh my god, I spent so much money because I was like, I was like, I like burst onto the sober scene, like oh, I love my life, you know. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to tell everybody in the whole everybody I've ever met, Merry Christmas, you know. <laughs> and I would do so many Christmas cards, and then Merry Christmas, I'm sober. <laughs> Pretty much, if they had a card that said that. And um, so then I tapered it down over the years. But literally, like anybody, and we're all on Facebook. Like everybody knows what we look like. Everybody right. knows Merry Christmas. And so I tapered it down. And then it was like, you know, family and close friends and stuff. And some of these friends I haven't seen for years. Some of these friends I'm only in touch with because we send Christmas cards. Mm. And um, so I think before, it was a Christmas before COVID. I didn't do them because I'm busy. I got two kids. I know I have a lot going on and I ended up not doing them and I felt so guilty. Um, and like that, anyway, to t tie it in with nostalgia, like I was trying to capture that magic Christmas tradition and, um, and what are traditions, but people pleasing dead yeah, folks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I was trying to capture that tradition for the nostalgia. And I'm like, there's, it's not happening. It's, it's work. It's hard mm. to keep all these addresses updated and you got to have the right picture. Oh my God, the pressure I had put on myself to have the right picture and the right layout and the expense, you know, when money's already tight, but I was trying to recapture that nostalgia and, um, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't happening. So I don't think I'm doing Christmas cards this year either. I bought some cards because I got to do at least teacher gifts and stuff. But what if you just took a picture on your phone and sent a Christmas email to like 200 recipients? Um, yeah, I suppose that's an option. 
I don't know if that's really my style. Save but the trees. <laughs> really? I would think you would not want to uh, cut down trees and stuff. Oh, no, no. Not really my style. Like the email. I just think people would open it and be like, eh. You know, like I think the, the, the exciting part about a Christmas card is you get it and you hang it up because it's like art. Uh, and you hang it like on strings or like in a, on a tree or, you know, however you display your cards. People do that? I do that. <laughs> so I'm still getting Christmas cards and I, I feel guilty because if you don't send them, you know, like you're supposed to, you know, you got to play. You got to play to win. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is this like so one you of those send, schemes? you send Christmas cards and you get them back. And this will be my third Christmas not doing them because COVID Christmas, I was just, I don't know. I was just a little like... I don't know, depressed. I just wasn't that into it, you know? I did one of these before. Somebody mm-hmm. sent me a letter and they were like, if you write this letter to seven people and buy <laughs> them all a book. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get seven uh-huh. letters back or 49 yeah. letters or yeah. something crazy. <laughs> uh, that's not Christmas cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's a Christmas tree on it, sure. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. So uh, another person goes on to say the comfort of childhood and zero responsibility. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of our nostalgia comes from, right? It's not Mm -hmm. so much that these times were better. It's that they were better for us. Right. Because we were kids Mm -hmm. and didn't have bills and life and we didn't know nothing about politics or oppression or any of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It, It was just like, oh, hey, I go to school and I do this crappy homework and that's all my life. Yeah, let's go watch some cartoons and eat cereal. Let's play video games. Let's Mm -hmm. go outside and play ball. Like, that's what felt good. Uh, So it says it's snuggling down into the abyss of better days and easy living. Which found, I found it interesting because, like, there's a pamphlet in in Narcotics Anonymous literature that says it's not so much that we want to return to drug use. We want to return to a time of ease and comfort. And I have always bought into that line because it's really... For me, I see that in my life in recovery. Like, I don't have to go use. I just want this life where I don't have any responsibilities, right? I want to mm-hmm. not have to get out of my recliner on any given day to go do anything for anyone and just do what the hell I want to do, whether that's play video games all day, whether that's go take a hike. So it's this return to a time of like someone making all my dinners and lunches and not having to prepare meals and not having to pay bills and not having to work and I think that's a lot of what nostalgia is. Like if we think about nostalgia, most people are thinking about times when they didn't have to do anything, whether that's kid Mm -hmm. times or substance use times. Yeah. I think about like nostalgia, like there's like clubs that like have nostalgia for um, like old toys, like Star Wars action figures. But then what's that like Civil War reenactment? Isn't that like nostalgia for a time they didn't even live in, Mm. you know? Like, do they think that was better? Is it? Or do they just enjoy the idea of... What's nostalgia and what's obsession? Do you think that's obsession? I just thought that was people who were like, oh man, this was really interesting to experience living in another time. They spend a lot of time. But why do it for a war? Why not just like right? practice living in medieval times or something? Uh-huh. Just for Go the cook over a fire. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they commit a lot of time, like outfits and practices and how do you choose which side you're going to be on i wonder (laughs) does that Uh that have to do with how you feel i think Uh, it'd be fun to be a bad guy you know (laughs) really yeah because i'm a you know you want to do something you're not normally doing huh you know like here's my chance to be a bad guy and it's all for pretend um sure well which war are we talking about i thought we were talking about civil war civil war yeah wasn't there like the bad guys that you know wanted to keep slavery happening Uh, actually i don't want to be that never mind that's what i was (laughs) wondering (laughs) no i think i want to be a bad guy like like gaston and booty and the beast like he was bad you know like that bad guy but (laughs) (laughs) i don't i mean i don't i it's interesting are there bad people in wars hmm yeah, I don't know, but that doesn't really fit in with nostalgia mm-hmm. too much. I think that's our nostalgia version is that one side was good and one side was bad. Oh. I don't think it's that simple. I think there was people that just no, were told we're going to change your whole way of life and tell you how to live 
And they were like, oh, no, you can't tell me how to live. You're mm-hmm. not going to change my lifestyle. I, I'm not saying that slavery was right or that I'm, you know, proponent of the South in the Civil War, but just, I don't you're, think it was just as simple as like, no, yeah. oh, you're a racist, so you're bad. There's like, more, there are more factors. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember fleeting feelings, emotions, and moments of glee, but do you do not remember the seconds of sadness and hurt before it? And you don't remember the pain and anguish of the hours after. You only remember what your biased mind has chosen to recall. And that's what I think is interesting about nostalgia. It'll take these few select moments of joy and it will make them stretch into feeling like the entire timeline. Even though like this explains like there was pain and sadness then and there was pain and sadness right afterwards. Like why is it so weird that our brains don't remember that? That's... They do, but I guess it's just selective recall, you know? Yeah, it's just it's like, I can't describe it any better than the words people have already said. This yeah. sanitized impression, right? This euphoric recall, this this idea that, like, everything was good. I, I, I was still just as frustrated not getting the toy I wanted on Christmas or, or, you know, with my parents not getting along in those moments. But I don't remember that as easily as I do, oh, well, we went on this vacation. Not, you know... A couple of days on that vacation where they were arguing and things seemed weird and I felt like I had to choose a side to get along or like I don't remember all that I just remember we were in Ocean City it was mm-hmm. great <laughs> they say in AA uh, play the tape through do they say that in NA so you can have selective recall but play the tape through what comes after you know you take that drink, yeah you know? they say to play the tape all the way to the end is what they say but mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's even selling it short because it's throughout the whole tape that that stuff existed and yeah. our brains or bodies or whatever just can't bring it up. Well, no doubt. Like if I went, you know, the first drink would probably be awesome. It's the, the next eight that would be fucking awful. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to her, I die. Right. <laughs> going back to her, she says, however, as it turns out, nostalgia isn't about remembering memories at all. Nostalgia does not relate to a specific memory, but rather an emotional state. We put an emotional state within an era or a specific frame and choose to idealize that specific time. We deduce that because we remember the feeling of happiness at the park, our childhood must have been better than right now. And so that's, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to it, it's just these pieces of memory. Uh, The desire to escape into the imagined idealized world of a prior era, even one you weren't alive for represents a different and independent type of nostalgia called historical nostalgia. So maybe that is what those Civil War people do. Hmm. Uh, Historical nostalgia is often concurrent with a deep dissatisfaction with the present and a preference for the way things were long ago. Unlike personal nostalgia, someone who experiences historical nostalgia might have a more cynical perspective of the world, one colored by pain, trauma, regret, or adverse childhood experiences. So, yeah, you hmm. people are like, we need to go back to the good old days. And like, do we really? Because you need to look back at the good old days. What was the good old days like? Was this yeah the 1950s before like people who were who had disabilities even had rights? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the 1910s when all children worked in like coal mines and factories? <laughs> like, yeah. What part of these good old days are you missing? Yeah. In your, you know, sanitized version of what it used to be like. And, and that's, mm-hmm. but you know what, knowing that, I think that helps me, I don't want to say have more tolerance, but have more understanding of people who have different views than me. It's not just that they want this one thing or another thing. It's that they're really believing that some past time was better and not looking at the actual reality of what that past time truly was. Yeah. And when that little, <clears throat> the last tidbit you were there, they have an adverse childhood experience. I'm like, oh, now I feel bad for you. <laughs> You know, like and I'm, th- I'm thinking about a certain modern day population that it's always looking back, you know, at, like things are better, like better for who, you know, like just mm. you white male. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm sure it was great for you, you know, but was it even better for them is, is really the question. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and sure. I'm sure there's some of that, but I'm like, I, I don't think we're seeing the big picture of like we have progressed mm-hmm. and things have changed for the better. Maybe not in all areas. Maybe you don't agree with the way we've changed in all directions, right? But there's been a whole lot of changes since whatever time in the past you're thinking was better. 
that you would not want to live in that time. If mm-hmm. we sent you, like, if we really could send you back to that time, because you're like, yeah, fuck these, this 2020s. Yeah. You would probably be severely disappointed in what you saw. Yeah. Your experience would not be what you think it was. Exactly. So here's a piece. Nonetheless, from a treatment perspective, reports suggest that personal nostalgia can be used therapeutically to help individuals move beyond trauma in the aftermath of violence, exile, or loss. At the same time, someone who has endured trauma without proper treatment could become subsumed by a malignant form of nostalgia that leads to a perpetual yearning to return to the past. That's what I think I used to have is this idea that I was constantly like, oh, I got to find a way to get back or recreate this younger Jason experience because that was good and now is not. Hmm. So that's interesting. I guess that's saying that like used properly with healing, nostalgia can be good. Okay. But when you just aren't healing and haven't grown or don't even know that there's wounds and you're just, you know, focused on this past experience of being good and how now isn't, that's not going to help you. Yeah, I was foolishly thinking like, oh, you know, you could just, it's it's good. It, you know, I was thinking, like I think I said earlier, like using nostalgia as a tool, but if you're stuck there. So certain people need more. You can't just, it's, it's like its own separate illness. Like it's a, is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Stoicheva says engaging in nostalgia is an emotional regulation strategy. Studies have found that we reach for it when we are experiencing negative affect and especially loneliness, social exclusion, and feelings of meaninglessness. But she goes on to say that she thinks emotional regulation strategies are like spices that we use to flavor our food. And if you use the right amount at the right time, you get a perfectly balanced dish. But if you have too much salt, vinegar, or or habanero, however, the meal becomes inedible and sometimes even harmful. So reflecting on the past with the goal of fortifying social bonds, increasing positive self-regard, and bolstering one's sense of meaning in life can undoubtedly offer significant benefits for well-being. However, when taken to an extreme, nostalgia can also, on the other hand, lead to unhelpful behaviors and negative consequences, and on a different hand, prevent us from utilizing more helpful coping strategies. Wow. That's a great example. And now I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And she finishes up that the difference between helpful and harmful nostalgia is the difference between incorporating the positive emotions of reminiscing into the present versus renouncing the present for the sake of for the sake of reinstating and perpetually reliving some moment in the past. And I think that's maybe where we were talking about the differences, right? Like I tend to think of the present as intolerable, intolerable. And I just want to, nope, I'm not going to do it. We're never going to do the present anymore. We're only going to be in this past euphoric place or, or we're going to somehow try to figure out a way to re- recreate it. But really what, for me, it wasn't recreating. It was just, this is miserable. I wish I could be there and I can't. Hmm. It's very Eeyore or worse. Yeah. But yeah. So if you can, you know, not oversalt your nostalgia, you're, you're Okay. That's funny though, because if I if I make something at home, food wise, even if it's bad, I still eat it. <laughs> so even if it's too salty or whatever, I'll still eat it. <laughs> Is that a nostalgia for a time when someone was a martyr in uh, your life? <laughs> ah, maybe I'll think about that one. <laughs> I still think I still think nostalgia is a good thing, but I I I guess yeah, it's like any tool. If it's if it's not wielded wisely, it could harm. So. Well, I mean, now that we're 40 minutes in, maybe we should talk about how this works with substance abuse. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about substance abuse a little bit. Yeah, well, we can we can rehash it some. So right. people may be more likely to reminisce about the past when they're overwhelmed by the present or scared of the future, which sounds a lot like Narcotics Anonymous idea of the triangle of self-obsession, right? We were uh, scared, resentment, anger, and fear. We resent the past. We're scared of the future. So we're angry in the present. Um So focusing on the present through practicing mindfulness may help people remember what they have going on in their lives now that is a positive. Setting goals can also help people think more about what they want to be in the future. Um, Coping with nostalgia may also involve making new memories in old places or with old trusted friends that don't involve drug or alcohol use. 
Another thing that may help is adopting an adventurous attitude. Trying something new every day can help a person enjoy the present. That's interesting about the creating new memories in old places. I remember that was a thing like we always talk about avoiding old people, places and things. Mm -hmm. And I got this job in recovery early on that I had to drive past uh, a place that I used to cop on the way home every day. And like for a long time, I would make phone calls when I drove past it. Some days it didn't bother me. Some days it was like, oh man, I feel like I want to go over there and buy something. So let me call my mom. Let me call my buddy. Let me just talk about anything else besides, you know, here to distract myself. But over time that created a new like memory link in my brain. So now when I drive through that area, yeah, I still think uh, sometimes I used to cop over there, but also think, oh, hey, this is the way I used to drive to work when I worked at that job I had early in recovery. So it's like a new nostalgia for that area. I, I, I think about that with my hometown too. So when I go through my hometown, like sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, memories. And then also I'll, I'll be like irritable, you know, like, and if I'm being mindful, and I think that's the key to this this whole thing is that, you know, nostalgia, mindful nostalgia is the solution. But yeah, if I'm going through, you know, my old hometown and, um, you know, I just have to remember like, all right, well, that was old me. You know, like mm. I'm not a bad person. I am not, you know, like There's that is not how I, I behave today. There's the curb I slept on when I fell over <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I puked there, I puked there, I puked there. Okay. There's that back parking lot that I had sex in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting that you say mindful nostalgia, because to me, that's like an oxymoron. Oh, because you're not, you're either getting carried away or not. Oh. Right. Because okay. mindfulness is about being here, which can, means I wouldn't need to be there. You could frame it with mindfulness and be like, all right, for the next five minutes, I'm going on this journey. Can you do that? Can you? I, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> is I, that mindful? I, I think so. Somebody needs to instruct me. I like, you know, I just set aside time to daydream, hmm. you know, let my, let my mind, give my mind a break. That doesn't sound mindful. I'm not saying it's bad. Well, it's, or it's structured, you know, structured. Okay. Structured nostalgia. Yeah. That's structured. what we need. <laughs> uh, people working towards successful recovery from addiction can also remind themselves of the more negative consequences of substance use. This sounds like playing the tape all the way through to the end. Uh, making a list of physical health symptoms, mental side effects, or embarrassing behavior may help someone remember that time spent drinking or using drugs wasn't as good as they remember. So this is about almost tamping down nostalgia, right? Like, let's not just think of that good stuff. Let's actually remember the whole story. Like, oh, remember that time you pulled your boobs out in the bar because you were drunk and that was embarrassing? Or That's not my story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe it was mine. <laughs> maybe I pulled my boobs out in the bar. Um, but yeah, this this idea of like actually getting a more realistic version of the memory instead of just this sanitized feeling version. Uh, but doesn't that open the shame gates? Is that is that where you're going with that? Like, I don't know. Does it? I I, I think it's more of just remembering like. Like, I guess I, I'm picturing somebody early on or, or not early on thinking about, man, life was easier when I was doing that. It felt good. It was relieving, blah, blah, blah. And they're more picturing the feelings of that one good day and not the other 364 shitty days they had that year. And it's more about just reminding themselves, well, you know, there was also that day that I got burnt at like three in the morning when I sold a keyboard for 20 bucks and it was my last 20 bucks and then I was just miserable all night and I ate a mustard sandwich and that's totally not specific to my story <laughs> at all. Um, if you're finding yourself nostalgic for times when you drank or used drugs, seek out recovery support groups or learn about options in your area that can help you stay in recovery. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the important things I think. If you're feeling like returning to this old time of using would be a good idea the first thing you should probably do is reach out right like talk to it talk about it talk to oh, someone yeah. about it god yeah. i can't talk <laughs> that <laughs> talk booster shot is a doozy yeah <laughs> Woo. i might have to change my clean date <laughs> uh no but yeah talk to somebody about it right because i think i don't know anybody that can't relate to this idea that like we have these thoughts or feelings from time to time this idea that things felt good and and let me tell you, it makes total sense. It makes sense that if your life has been filled with these experiences that lead to an overwhelming feeling of like negative self-regard and, and self-hatred and all these things, of course you're going to 
like glorify and seek out this time when you didn't have to feel that, which is what substances do. They, they, they're not a good coping skill in the sense that they provide great outcomes, but they're an incredible coping skill in the sense that they work. Like they relieve pain. That's what they're for. They take you out of the painful, miserable experience that you might have without seeking some healing and growth. And they transport you to a time that feels better. So yeah, it makes sense that you feel that way and that's okay. But let's remember some of the reality of, of this nostalgia you're feeling, right? Let's remember it wasn't all actually rainbows and butterflies. And then let's start a process of working towards something that feels better without that. Like there's other coping skills that can work too. It's going to take time. It's going to be a painful process, but there is relief on the other end of this as well. We just got to hang on, right? And I'll be here with you while we hang on. Like, yeah, reaching out. Yes. <laughs> Staying in the present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Recovery is a wee process. Mm -hmm. Nobody does it alone. Doesn't happen that way. Nope. I didn't heal alone. That's for sure. If you think about giving your addiction another chance because it wasn't that bad, you're not thinking clearly. <laughs> you're not thinking about the facts. I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for drinking. Um, I have, I have like nostalgia for like life, uh, situations, but for the actual drinking, at least right now, things change, you know, at least right now on my stage, I don't think the thought of drinking scares me. <laughs> hmm. So do you still have nostalgia for using? Um, I, it, that all depends. I, I don't think so. Like I, I don't, I'm definitely not sitting around like, oh my God, if I just smoke crack all Friday night, this upcoming Friday, life will mm -hmm. be great. Like, fuck no, that was not a good experience. Like the, the relief feeling was nice, but I think I've had enough growth and healing that like I can feel that relief or something similar pretty frequently. Like I'm not too dysregulated on a regular basis. I don't think, um, so I don't long for that at all. Like when I picture that, I'm like, oh my God, I used to like be paranoid and sit in my car with a can trying to smoke this shit on some ashes and smoking a billion cigarettes to have enough ashes to smoke it with and worried the cops are coming and seeing the fucking shadow people like peeking out windows like this. No, that wasn't, it's <laughs> not a good time. Even though at the time and, and when I first got in recovery, I was like, oh my God, that felt so good. Like. Ah, no, that doesn't sound good at all. Now it sounds crazy. That does sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But I, I think with a, a healed body and mind, I can see that. But I couldn't early on, right? To tell somebody else, they're like, oh my God, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> um, I, I don't think of like sitting around in a chair, nodding out and scratching my face and stuff. Like I, that doesn't sound pleasurable to me at all either. Honestly, I, yeah, I don't think any of it sounds pleasurable. Even even thinking like I, I talk about on here, like I, I I think maybe these hallucinogens or psychedelics could be useful for, you know, healing and growth. I don't actually like sit here and long for the feeling of being on them. Like that scares the shit out of me. I'm like, ew, mm -hmm. I, get, I don't want to be high. Can't you just give it to me while I sleep or something? I can wake up feeling healed. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't want the experience. That's weird be out of my mind i don't be in my mind it's kind of nice <laughs> so no I, I don't have nostalgia for that i think like i said i really believe at least from my experience what it feels like is when life was miserable intolerable and i was very dysregulated and, and i didn't know the word then but felt unsafe then yeah I, I wanted all these past times to make me feel better that was my experience with nostalgia i don't have a lot of nostalgia now for like anything Really? I don't think of any past time as being better. I'm like, eh, they were cool. I had some nice memories, but there's also some not so nice memories. Like, they're all there. Do you still recall things from any other point in time in your life, nostalgically? Um, yeah, I guess certain, you know, like certain childhood stuff. Me and my brother, we had, we were happy kids mm. until it, we weren't. How? <laughs> huh? How were you happy kids, though? You know, we were just, you know, we, we played, we were imaginative, you know, like... We lived in Long Island, like we, we were on the water, like I mentioned earlier, we just like run around the woods, you know, we watched TV shows. Oh, we, was, we used to go to Sunday school, like, you know, we had each other, we had friends in the neighborhood, you know, life was good. And there was like nostalgia for times in like college, I had a good group of friends. So even though I was drinking, 
there was a period of time in college where I wasn't drinking to excess because I had these great friends. And it's for me, at least it was about connection. Mm. And um, I had this great group of friends in college and I, I wasn't like drinking my face off because I don't know, I had, I just had connection. I had, but then actually it's funny if we had a party, like a Halloween party or something, oh, I'd get wasted like real quick, you know? And, um, but it still didn't occur to me that I was alcoholic. But so yeah, I have nostalgia for like, you know, some of that wistful kids stuff and then old friends and relationships and like, um, like, you know, I, one of my old boyfriends who passed away this year in part largely due to alcohol, like, yeah, I still have like nostalgia for the times we had like, wow, we were close, man, you know? Um, but play the tape through. We were also really drunk and, you know, kind of irresponsible and not so great to each other. But, you know, like there were these like tender moments like, ah, that was nice, you know? Mm. So I have like passing nostalgia for that. And I will, I'll indulge in that. Like, oh, I miss him. All right. Back to the present, you know, like, you know, Mm. so I have those nostalgia moments. That's that structured nostalgia. Like I will let myself get carried away with a song or a memory. And then, but then I try to bring myself back. All right. I'm a mom. I got two kids. I live in Maryland. I'll be where my feet are, you know? Yeah, my my nostalgia, like if I think about it, I was like, oh man, we used to play ball when I was in elementary school. We would go out in the backyard and like hit a tennis ball with a baseball bat and go down to the park and we meet up with some boys and play football. But like when I really examined that, they weren't really good friendships and those kids weren't really all that great to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, was your childhood really that good or do you just not remember the parts of it that maybe weren't? Yeah, our neighborhood had bullies, you know, and I was kind of, I mean, like, sure, like, I was kind of a nerdy kid, you know, like, um, I had good enough friends, though, you know, I think I think I had an average childhood. And then, uh, and then, you know, my parents, they didn't get divorced till high school, but their relationship deteriorated. And that's when, like, everything kind of deteriorated. So for the childhood, but those early days were nice, you know, (laughs) it was simple. And you know, you know, we didn't. I didn't have much responsibility. Like we did chores on Saturday, you know, like (laughs) that was my responsibility. You know, we didn't have pets or bills or, you know, whatever. It was just going to be happy. We were healthy. We were healthy, you know, not like no medical emergencies. So Mm. I don't know. I I grew up a a lot with the kind of only child experience, not technically an only child, but had that experience quite a bit Mm -hmm. where I was the only kid around in the house. Um, yeah, I don't know. Felt kind of lonely a lot of times. Like, I basically just spent a lot of time playing with me. And that wasn't always the best thing to, you know, mm-hmm. what do they say? Addict alone is in bad company. Like, I think I already had some of those, like, feelings of displeasure or dis-ease with life. So, it was like, oh, I got to sit here with me all day? God. I don't know. Sometimes I don't, I have no science behind this, but I think those kids that were in their head a lot as a kid uh, exercise their brains in ways that are useful as an adult. I mean, maybe, maybe I just overthink and make a podcast about overthinking. (laughs) So some of the things you can do besides calling people, which I think connection in the present is probably one of the best things you can do. If you're, if you're feeling that nostalgia, if there's some kind of, whether it's during the holidays or any point in time when you're thinking like life was better at some other place, calling people is a great idea. Um, practice mindfulness right we talk about mm-hmm. meditation meditation for mindfulness it doesn't even have to be a, a, a sitting meditation it can be a walking mindfulness practice it can be a washing dishes mindfulness practice like something to get you in the moment here and, and kind of telling yourself a little bit like this is a new life and you get to create new memories that also feel good right like these reminders that that wasn't the only positive and, and probably wasn't even as positive as we're making it out to be um and then and and this kind of ties into what you were saying about like going back to pre-trauma to think Mm -hmm. about it asking yourself what can i do now that i couldn't do while i was actively using right or or before recovery so you know what were those those lost dreams that i used to have what was it about being a kid that i really liked about me right did i like building did i like thinking did i like writing did i like drawing like maybe i can get back into that and and reconnect with that piece of me um or, or maybe you just always had a career direction or you played a musical instrument. Like there's things you can do now. And so maybe that's what we need to try to recall while we're in this nostalgia of 
life sucks today. Well, why does it suck today? Maybe I need to go to counseling and find out why it sucks today and start to explore some other things. I think I'm going to have nostalgia for the show. 20, <laughs> 20 years from now, I'll look back and be like, remember when me and Jason and Billy used to record that show? Oh, as long as the internet doesn't crash, I guess it'll still be available. I don't know. Oh, and I can go back there mindfully. Right. <laughs> mindfully go back. All right. So uh, if you're having... Some of these sanitized, uh, beautiful versions of what life used to feel like when you were getting high. Uh, this is the things you can do. So try to do them and not be not be stuck feeling that life is miserable today. Because if it is miserable today and if that's what you're trying to escape to go back to, like maybe we need to do something about that. And I don't know if that's step work. I don't know if that's some other form of recovery. I don't know if that's, you know, professional counseling, but like seek something man because if life is miserable that's not the experience it's supposed to be right all right and it is we so do reach out yeah we we will have a good week <laughs> see ya did you like this episode share it with people you think might get something out of it check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com also while you're there you can find ways to link up with us on facebook twitter Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>